0: it seems our nation's children are under unprecedented spiritual attack lately all you have to do is look at the battles over drag queen story hour for preschoolers pornography being purposely pushed to kids online and of course the ongoing battle to protect kids in the womb before they are even born hearing all that news every day can leave you feeling pretty overwhelmed and helpless that's why we thought today would be a timely moment to bring you a special message of encouragement From the well-known actor and outspoken Christian, Kirk Cameron, he shares how even during the worst of times, Christians can find supernatural strength through the gospel to reform rather than surrender to the culture around them. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our grassroots manager, Eli Osborne. Well, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up, Virginia. Before we get started today with our special message from Kirk Cameron, we do have some Slammer Hammer updates. I enjoy these. Yeah, and apparently Slammer Hammer has been making the rounds with kid activities this summer with our president, Victoria Cobb. So first up, we have a picture for our YouTube viewers of Slammer Hammer at summer camp. He accompanied Emma. Victoria's daughter to be dropped off during summer camp.
1: Yeah, well, I I saw one where I guess maybe Slammer Hammer spent some time with one of her sons, Daniel, at a baseball game, Yeah, and it looks like he may have a permanent bend after he spent some time with him.
0: Yeah, let's just throw that picture up there. So, Slammer Hammer went to the Little League State Championships, I guess this was for the senior division in Hampton, but he did not escape unscathed from this event.
1: No, and I think it makes a little bit of sense if he's traveling around with a with a big family and a whole bunch yeah, of events yeah. that he's just, he's going to wear some of the family trips on him.
0: Maybe that just makes him more legit. He's part yeah. of the family now. He's got a that's few right. scars from this. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Well, let's you know. Here's hoping that Slammer Hammer survives intact for the next two weeks, because we only have. That's okay, Eli. <laughs> We only have. Matt over here. <laughs> we only have two more weeks um, for the summer sabbatical. The Slammer Hammer is making appearances at, so here's to hoping that he comes out. You know, I think I think we can frame him at the end of this with his yeah. badges of honors and little dents and things.
1: I think it'll look good to see like a before photo, like at the beginning, and then what he looks like after spending the whole <laughs> summer with, with them,
0: four kids and a dog.
1: Yeah, I don't think that'll tell the story this summer.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, with that update. We are really excited to give our listeners the chance to hear this very special message from Kurt Cameron. It's called Wanted the Brave. And, you know, we've had Kurt Cameron before as a guest at one of our galas. Mm -hmm. So we're we're very honored to be able to share this message that I do think is so timely for where we are at with our culture right now.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. This sermon is so powerful. And one of the things that I, I really liked about it, was how he was addressing how the culture war is affecting the kids in our community and how even activities like drag queen story hours are trying to be normalized to children.
0: Yeah, you know, and in fact, you know, not only have we been seeing this all across the nation, but also right here in Virginia. And I'm just going to mention a couple of places where this has been happening. Uh, Appomattox, there was a display in the children's section of a local library there. And one of the displayed books was called if you're a drag queen and you know it now the good news is people spoke up about this yeah so but it's happening in a lot of other places
1: yeah i think i think at some point we assumed it was only far away these sort of things were not in our back door but that's crazy that this was displayed in a children's section in virginia in a library in virginia some other examples, were we, we knew something about Fairfax County hosting yeah. a similar uh, drag queen event that involved children, and then even... Yeah,
0: in I, I think that was like a, pub, a whole public event that included children engagement with drag queens, oh so, gosh. yeah.
1: Yeah, and then, and then if Fairfax County wasn't enough, we had reports that there was something going on in a high school in Bedford County, yeah. so this just continues to spread, and it's very concerning, and it's good to hear Kirk Cameron's redeeming perspective yeah. on this.
0: And again, people spoke up in Bedford County, and I think that um, Drag Queen event that was going to come to the high school, I Mm -hmm. I think actually they spoke up in a good way. I don't, don't, if I remember correctly, I don't think that ended up happening.
1: Yeah, Um, I think you're right.
0: But it's important to realize this is not happening by chance. It's not some kind of organic effort. There is a national organized effort. There's something that began called Drag Queen Story Hour where they're trying to go into libraries and schools all across the nation and bring in drag queens and now drag kings too, apparently. Oh my gosh. Um, but it is a, a specific effort, sadly, to target kids to really desensitize them on these issues. And, and we do need to safeguard the innocence of our children. And you know, I think the encouraging thing about this is that Kurt Cameron is doing, giving people a redemptive way to respond to things like this happening in our culture.
1: Right, yeah, I think I think what I found so encouraging about it is it's very easy for me to complain about what's going on, but Kirk Cameron talks about that we should have it, we should offer the alternative of the gospel, that yeah. that no change is really going to, no change is going to happen without the power of the gospel and the power of Jesus Christ. And I really like how he has some specific examples of where he's trying to go into these libraries and have a redemptive impact, and sometimes the same places that these drag queens are coming into. Yeah, it, It's a really powerful um um, comparison there of the two the two events.
0: Yeah it absolutely is because what he's doing is bringing light into the darkness right. and what he talks about is he wrote a children's book called As We Grow and it mm-hmm. talks about biblical wisdom really controversial things like fruit of the spirit you know love joy peace really controversial topics right um, but he volunteered to be the light, go into public libraries and and read during story hour, and lo and behold, he gets denied by at least fifty libraries, and apparently Crazy. most of these had also opened the door to drag queen story hour, you know, <laughs> but course. they're telling him he can't read about something mm-hmm. like love, joy, and peace. Mm-hmm. Um, Radical. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah tell us what you saw about that just with yeah people. well uh,
1: the the part that i that i thought was interesting was in the midst of all of this back and forth of being denied with the libraries the media portrays this this narrative that we're in the we're in the vast minority of society that would want to show these redeeming qualities and these redeeming characteristics that that christ would have taught us to have in the public libraries well he has an event in Indianapolis, um, I'm pretty sure, that had over 2,500 people, 2,500 people showed up to hear this counter message of of what was happening with one side of the drag queen story hour and also yeah. now the redeeming characteristics yeah. of, of what Kirk Cameron was trying to read. And I,
0: and I wouldn't even necessarily um, qualify it as counter. It's just, you know, there's darkness yeah. and then we're bringing the, in light. the light. Yeah, you know, you're it's right. it's kind of sad that something basic like... Biblical Principles for Raising Your Child right. is even viewed as counterfeit, but, you know, yeah. but obviously a lot of Christians live there in the community, yep. and it's their library as well, Right, and they can have equal access, so, yep. and yeah. It, it's and like,
1: it turned out 2,500 of them had the same yeah. opinion, so...
0: What we're going to hear today, Kurt Cameron, share the other side of that story that you don't hear about in the media. But before we begin that, I do want to just give a special shout out to Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, for allowing us to share this inspiring message that Kurt Cameron gave during their church service one Sunday recently. And they allowed us to bring this to you. So thank you very much for allowing us to share that. And without further ado, let's hear what he had to say.
2: It is great to be here with you from California, the land of loose nuts and bolts. (laughs) I wish public libraries were built bigger. I don't know if you've been following the news story that has been alive since Christmas of last year. But I wrote a children's book, As You Grow, which is teaching children the value of biblical wisdom and the fruit of the spirit. And I wanted to do a public story hour reading in a public library, and I was denied by over 50 woke libraries that previously held drag queen story hours for children. So I let a couple friends at the news know about this. I wrote letters to these libraries. I wrote letters to these libraries who told me, the reason you can't come is because your values don't align with our community values. We're a gender-queer friendly community, and your values uh, are not ones we're interested in. Uh, Or you're not an author of color, which is what we're focusing on here in our public library. So I wrote them letters uh, asking them which value they didn't align with, love. Joy, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I sent them a free copy of the book uh, so that they could read it for themselves and reminded them that they live in the United States of America where public libraries are actually owned and funded by the people in their communities and their job is to represent the values that they want read to their families and that if they continued their religious discrimination against me and others like me, that I would be prepared to assert my constitutional rights in court. (laughs) They quickly reversed course, they caved, sent a link, we signed up, and we got to rent a room in these public libraries that they said had communities that didn't want us there. When I showed up in the Indianapolis Public Library, I was greeted by over 2,500 parents and children. who overwhelmed the library all six floors down the escalator, out the door, and down the street, showing me that the perception through the media is not the reality of what's going on with the people. And I found that in Scarsdale, New York, I found that in Scottsdale, Arizona, I found that in South Carolina, in North Carolina, found that in New Jersey, and everywhere we go. There are rumblings of revival that I can feel. Can't you feel them? People are waking up. People are standing up and speaking up. Well, the title of this message this morning is Wanted the Brave. In the ninth century, during the 1800s, the Vikings pillaged torched and butchered their way through Britain, city after city, kingdom after kingdom, destroying families, faith, and culture, until they came to the Kingdom of Wessex, the most powerful kingdom in Britain. And for seven years, King Alfred of Wessex held back Guthrum the Viking and the massive heathen horde that was destroying Britain. And then on the 12th night of Christmas in AD 878, King Alfred of Wessex was finally driven together with his family out of his kingdom of Wessex, barely holding on to his life, and he took shelter on a tiny island in a swamp where he learned as a boy how to hunt with his father. He could have made a strategic retreat to the mainland of Europe to find safety and liberty, but he didn't. He stayed in Wessex and he hid in a secret base on top of the highest hill in his kingdom to observe Guthrum and the Viking army's movements. And with a small band of warriors, he began to take out their scouts and cut off their supply lines. The people of Britain thought Alfred was dead. They were under the heavy yoke of Viking death and tyranny. Their women were, 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 pillaged and raped. Their men were murdered. Their, pl- their property was plundered. Life in Britain had become unbearable. And then Alfred sent a message secretly out to the men of the land to gather them for one final battle against Guthrum, the Viking. And he chose the day of Pentecost for this battle, five weeks after Easter, The people couldn't believe it, that Alfred had summoned them. To them, Alfred was dead. There was no hope. But Alfred made his way through the forest and met in the secret meeting place to find 5,000 strong men committed to the cause, and they were overjoyed as though they had just seen their king come back from the grave, and Alfred equipped them and reminded them, men. Be faithful to God no matter the outcome, and he will be faithful to you. And he assembled them into a shield wall, an interlocking of arms and shields with the soldiers forming an impenetrable wall to lead their battle. And Alfred locked himself and led in this wall out to the battlegrounds against Guthrum and his horde of warriors who had taken the high ground and are now coming down like a flood to meet Alfred and his men, arrogantly believing that they would destroy them quickly and easily. But Alfred's men had everything to lose, their children, their future, their property, and so they were unrelented, relenting and determined. And it was a clash of shield walls, it was a dance of swords and shields, it was an absolute bloodbath, and the Vikings were made up of these berserkers who were filled with drugs and demonic dedication as they would leap over Alfred's shield wall, only to be impaled by his soldiers' swords. And finally, by the hand of providence, there was a break in the Viking shield wall, exploited by Alfred and his men, and they destroyed the Vikings on that battlefield. Guthrum, the Viking leader, escaped, and he hid in his fortress, but he was surrounded by Alfred and his men, and he had no choice but to either surrender or starve to death. The customary practice of that day would have been for Alfred, the king, to drag Viking Guthrum and his leaders out into the open and behead them all. And what Alfred did was perhaps the greatest act of grace of the age. He offered to spare Guthrum's life and even grant him authority to rule a portion of the kingdom if he would agree to convert to Christianity, be baptized, and agree to the Treaty of Wedmore, which would obligate him to treat all the citizens of the kingdom equally, whether they were Saxon or Scandinavian. Guthrum was so grateful to Alfred that he agreed. He was baptized, he became a son of Alfred in the faith. He was so loyal to Alfred that when he had his own coins minted, he had his name given to him by Alfred, his Christian name, Aethelson, engraved into the coins. He became an ally to King Alfred in battle for the rest of his life. Alfred began to rebuild Britain. He rebuilt the schools. He rebuilt the family of faith and government. He assembled an army and built a naval force that would rival the Viking longboats. He believed that the Vikings were a divine scourge sent by God to wake up his people who had fallen into spiritual apathy and believed that the future of his Country depended on systemic revival. Alfred's law code was built upon the Ten Commandments and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And he believed that if a man would learn the golden rule to love his neighbor as himself, then he would need no other rule ever. Ever. This became the foundation for what we now know as English common law. And then later, in the United States, the Bill of Rights and our Constitution. The whole concept of equal rights under God can be traced back to King Alfred. One historian said of him, he was a fierce warrior, a devout Christian, ever thirsting for wisdom, deeply committed to justice, a lover of mercy, and a king who gave himself for his people. He was practically a myth and a much-needed reality. He was the king of the white horse, Alfred the Great. That's the portrait of the brave." Alfred was not watching his culture crumble while he sat on the couch watching Fox News hoping for the rapture. He was not waiting for Jesus to just take him out of the world because he understood the family of faith had waited 4,000 years for God to come from heaven and take sin out of humanity's heart so we could take charge of his world and heavenize the earth for the glory of God. That's what drove him. That sounds a lot like the Great Commission. Go into all of the world, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, and I'll be with you to the end of the age. That sounds like the original mission that God gave to the first Adam in the garden. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, replenish it, and take dominion over all that I've made. In the garden, God creates mankind and gives him the mission. And then Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane says, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And then in the great commission, he recreates humanity as a new creation and restores man to his mission. As I've traveled the country, I've come to believe that we have a great shortage of brave men. I meet many men and women, but men whose countenance and attitude and responses to the the evil that's descending upon us and our children, revealing that they feel weakened and confused by our culture, castrated and powerless, controlled. And we, 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 we wonder why the cr- culture crumbles. When you flip through your newsfeed, think of what you're seeing. P- poisonous, toxic chemical clouds in the sky, increase of crime, disaster at the border, inflation, China, Russia, Ukraine, the economy, the World Economic Forum, drag queens entering in, and sexualizing your children? How do you respond? Hey, it's the end times, it's the way it's all going to go down. It's just going to get darker. Man, I feel sad for our kids. Feel discouraged? Do you feel hopeless? Are you inching toward the cliff of despair every single day? Are you are are you you getting hot with rapture fever? You just want God to get us out of here. What if this national setback is really a divine setup for a spiritual comeback led by the family of faith? As I've traveled the country, I've. I've recognized that there are two groups of people. There's probably more than two, but these two I see. There are reporters and there are reformers, and they're not the same. There's many people who can accurately report on what's going on in the world, and they tell us the truth. Look what they're doing over here. Look at this hypocrisy. Look at this cheating over here. You know the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? It's about six months we see these guys are cheating, or there's this hypocrisy over here, look at this evil that they're doing. You'll never guess the law they just passed in Minnesota, or in Loudoun County. And, and all of this just piles upon us the boulder of, of, of fear. And I'm also... Wondering, when am I going to hear the solution? Tell me what I can do to change this. But often the reporters are, they're not reformers. Reformers are those who see what's going on in the culture and they change the culture. They're solution oriented. They're action oriented. Trying to reform the culture without the gospel, however, doesn't work. It, it, it's never worked and it can't work. Why? Because you can have great advice, great policies, you can have biblical truths, you can have all of these good ideas, but without the gospel, you and I are still stuck in Adam's prison. We're slaves to sin holding on to good advice, great ideas. That's why conservatism, apart from the gospel, cannot get the task done. I like listening to good thinkers, people far smarter than I am, with great experience and and skill. I like listening to Jordan Peterson. I like listening to smart men and women. I like what Prager has to say. I like what Shapiro has to say. I like listening to the insights from uh, elected representatives on on both sides of the aisle. But without the gospel, it's a non-starter. It can't last over time because we're subject to the the passions of our lower nature and our fleshly desires. We're like Paul and Silas in prison in the New Testament with the Gospel. They've got the power to transform men and nations, but they can't do anything with it in there until God sends an earthquake to jailbreak them, and they go out and change history. What we need here in America is not just good ideas. We need a spiritual earthquake to throw open the doors and set us free from the bondage of sin and shame and guilt and give us the power to implement these ideas systemically, holistically, comprehensively. True reformers... Are products of the Gospel themselves. It's men who have been reformed in their heart, women who have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit who then lead with the Gospel. Think of this, God Himself is a reformer. He's not just a reporter. God creates the world, He forms it out of nothing, the chaos in the beginning. It's all good and then it goes bad through rebellion and sin. I'm not seeing God in, in the staff meeting in heaven with the Trinity, talking to the Son and the Holy Spirit, saying, look at that, look what they're doing. Can you believe that? Can you believe after all we've done for them? Look, look, look what's going on over there. And just sort of let it go. No, he, he, he deploys his own great reset when the thoughts of men were only evil continually and sends the flood. And he deals with the sin problem and he begins to reform the world through a reformer named Noah who begins to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and take dominion for the goodness and glory of God. Noah was a reformer. Abraham was a reformer. Moses reformed the concept of law. Jesus reformed humanity itself. St. Patrick of Ireland reformed that entire nation. Luther, Calvin, William Wallace, Braveheart was a reformer. Wilberforce, John Wesley, reformers, pilgrims. Our founding fathers were not just reporters and commentators, whiners and complainers and referees. They were reformers. So how did they do it? How did they do it in the face of their own woke mobs, cancel culture, and government tyranny? You see, what is so-called progressive today is not progressive. It's just regressive. It's regressing back to the pagan ways before Christianity came and civilized the world. But how did they do it? Well, I believe that they knew an old recipe for bravery. They understood four ancient truths that predated history itself, that delighted their souls and made them brave. And I want to share them with you today because we are in need of brave men and brave women
0: wow that was just such a refreshing message and it really did feel timely for where we are at in our culture right now you know i wish we had time to hear the remainder of that message but the good news is we're going to bring you the rest of it next week so stay tuned for part two but before we wrap up today eli i'd love to hear what you found most encouraging
1: yeah i i I was really encouraged when when he was talking about the, the the rumblings of revival and how the trend has moved from radically going one way on, the, on these ideological issues to now that whenever it's getting to people's children, when it's getting to their children, they're starting to wake up. And we, we, we've seen that with um, some situations like Bud Light and Target and some of the other things happening in our culture right now that people are stirring and they're starting to, they're starting to wake up uh, from yeah. the sleep that we've been in over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I like the point that you're making that I, I, I think – a lot of the wake-up has to do that, that we're seeing the impact on children. Yeah, you know, more girls than ever before identifying as boys, undergoing as we covered the last two weeks these these damaging mm-hmm. procedures to their bodies. I mean, we're, we're starting to see right in front of our faces yep. the harmful impacts on our kids and. And I think that is is creating a situation where things are people are starting to take notice and take action. Yes, I, I think the survey that you pointed out you saw recently was interesting. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I saw a survey where th- there was a drop of like fifteen points of people's approval of recognition of same sex relations, and a, that was and among a,
0: conservatives. That was
1: among conservatives. Yeah, a fifteen point drop. Over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. when when I'd, I'd mentioned a second ago, just 10 years ago, it was moving way in the other direction yeah. and it's dropped 15 points in the last few years.
0: Yeah, because I think uh, maybe in 2012, we were just almost 50-50 in our country with people completely divided. So right. it's, you know, there's still um, an overwhelming majority of people that are um celebrate or are okay with yeah. as a moral issue recognition of same-sex marriage right. but clearly with you see that what 14 percent difference yes. and yeah um you know Pete as you say people are starting to wake up because we are seeing how this plays out down the road how the dots connect down the road how there is a road that we are on that does have impact on our kids on the next generation mm-hmm. uh well with all that said uh, Eli, I do want to give people a takeaway on what they can do. So specifically on this storybook hour mm-hmm. issue, how can they get involved in a redemptive way?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we, we briefly mentioned, I think we're going to put up a, a picture of the map on, on the screen for our YouTube mm-hmm. viewers. But we briefly mentioned the Brave Story Hour that Kirk Cameron is leading and there's a map that you can you can access uh, online. We're going to put the website up as well. But if you go on that map, you can see that there's six or seven libraries in Virginia. You can yeah. go right on. You can click on the little on the yeah. little indicator and see which one's closest to you. And you can be a part of bringing the light into these public libraries. Yeah.
0: And just to flesh this out a little more for people, I love this because you know we've talked about the bad news that there was this concerted effort to bring drag queen story hour into schools libraries, uh, but Kurt Cameron is taking this redemptive approach to bring godly principles to kids through books that he has written because he has equal access to story hours so I love that he has brave story hour and he has created a way for you to get involved so if you just go to his website uh, probably the easiest thing is kirkcameron.com that's kurtcameron.com. there are instructions there how you can make a request for your library to participate uh, how to let other people know about it and then like Eli said there's a map where you can just see if things are already happening in your neighborhood
1: Yeah, I think that'll be a great tool for people that want to weigh in to to having a redemptive impact in their community on these issues.
0: Well, I guess that wraps us up for today. And we just want to thank everybody for joining us for Speak Up Virginia. Don't forget to share the Speak Up Virginia playlist on YouTube with your friends, neighbors and church members. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple and some of those audio only platforms, you can also help us out by giving us a five star review. If you like what you hear, that helps get the word out more. And remember, we are stronger when we speak together. We'll see you next time.